Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender at Blender HD, if you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Wednesday, July 27th, and we're talking MLB. Because what else do we have to talk about? I don't know. We talked, we talked a little bit about sports betting and prize picks and stuff yesterday. But uh, we can talk about, we have, a, we have an early slate. We have an early slate, 2.10 p.m. Eastern, seven game slate. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven game slate. So maybe we'll uh, we'll, we'll go through a build and maybe uh, look at some lineups that we could uh, we could put together for the early slate here. Uh, and uh, and uh, if you tune in later, later in the day, Grinders Live. Crunch time. Uh, I believe the lit the, the main the quote main five game slate is six forty Eastern. So uh probably starting grinders live a little bit earlier today. So uh so check that out on the channel. Subscribe if you're new here, hit the notification bell to know when everything goes live. Give me those thummy thumbs on your way in the door. You know how I like those thummy thumbs. Hit the thumbs up button, hit the thumbs down button. Is there even a thumbs down button anymore? I heard they were taking away the thumbs down button. I don't know. Maybe it's not. We got the people in the chat. Wataz. Wataz is the new Suki Singh. So Wataz gets here even earlier. Defic, even here a bit early. Doug Montgomery, good morning. Daniel Hutchins, hi. MJC, got to pick up my MLB game, making me look forward to uh, NFL, NBA. Matt Mears, morning. Uh, pick up your MLB. MLB is just very high variance. People complain, oh, okay, I lost five days in a row. It's like, well, don't tell me the normal struggles at DFS, right? Right. Remember, projections are just 50 percentile outcomes. Okay, you have a 13 game slate. Who knows? Who knows? A pitcher could get blown up. I mean, things happen, right? Do you get the right stack, the right pitchers? I mean, especially if you're playing GPPs. Understanding GPPs, they pay out what the top 22 percent of the field or something like that, right? So, like 78, 78 percent of you are losing. On a given day, you're going to lose on average 78% of the time and understand that a lot of the min cash spots are not really profitable spots to begin with 1.5 X cash, like long-term, if you're you're not going to win for, if you're not going to build lineups that have anywhere near the chance of winning first and you get a lot of min caches, you can't even be profitable that way. So like understand that you're, you're probably, you want to come in the top 10%. Those, those at least may be profitable spots long-term. Uh, and I'm, I mean, I'm giving you an even longer tail there at 10%. So like 90% of the time, you're not going to hit those spots with the lineup. 90% of the time. Okay. That's normal. That's if everything was equal. If everyone was equally skilled, there was a contest with a thousand entries, right? And it paid the top 200, right? But like the top, the, the top, the uh, 150 to 200 only got 1.5 X and then 100 to 150 got 2 X then you don't get to like 3x until like 75th place, right? Then maybe maybe in the 50th place, you get a 5x, right? It's a very, the, the, the payout curve goes like this and then goes like a hockey stick at the end, okay? So like from a long-term profitability perspective, you're, you're, you're aiming for like the top 5%, top 10%. I mean, you're aiming for the top. So like understand that the even min caches are not like like long term profitable. So like ninety percent of the time, if, if out of a thousand entries, if it was a single entry contest, for instance, so a thousand entries, if everyone was equally skilled, if everyone built an equally expected value lineup, right, you'd win. You'd win once every one thousand times, 
right? You went first. You went second once every 1,000 times. You went third once every 1,000 times, right? So like 90% of the time, you're not going to come in the top 10%, right? 80% of the time, you don't cash at all, right? That's normal. That's normal, okay? That's normal, okay? But people don't seem to get that. Now, in order to increase your first place equity, a lot of times you have to give up min cash equity. So in order to increase the variance of your lineup enough and add enough relative value, enough leverage, right? Stuff like that. You're less likely to come in like, you know, in 200th place. You're more likely to come in 800th place, but you're also more likely to come in like the top 10 spots. Okay, so you're sacrificing stuff in the middle of the curve to get extra on the, the ends. Okay, which means you that if you were to play lineups like that against other equally skilled players, now, 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 uh, you, you, you lose 85% of the time, but you have a little bit better chance of coming in the top 10. Now, compare that once we change the skill level of the players that are in, in your contest. So you have a, we have 100 lineups that are horrible. Okay, so you can get rid of them. You have a bunch of, you have a couple hundred that are probably better than yours. Okay, so they go, theirs go up. So it's quite, it's quite possible that, that if you're not losing, if you're not losing 90% of the time in GPPs, with with an entry with one with with a single entry, uh, then you're doing something wrong, right? I, I always I always go back to to what 2019, only because I analyzed my 2019 season publicly. I showed, and uh, that season I made like I think thirty five thousand uh, dollars, and uh, and I asked someone, and I I would ask people. It's like so how, uh, I played for uh, it was like 180 days, 180 slates or whatever whatever it was. Uh, what percentage of the time did did I did I lose money? Did I did I did not make a profit on the slate? Because obviously I wasn't just playing one lineup; I was playing a whole bunch of lineups. So how? What percentage of the time did I get back less money than I than I started with? And people would guess. They go, "Ah, oh, did you, you probably you probably lose half the time, right? Thinking I'm a good player, right? Ah, oh, so you you must profit like half the slates. That seems pretty good." And some people are like, "Oh, no." You probably win like 30% of the slates, right? You probably profit on 30% of the slates. You lose 70% of the time because you're, you're a good player, right? And then they would maybe, maybe the people that are a little bit more realistic go, Oh, I think you win like 20% of the slates and you lose 80% of the time. And then I told him, I said, I win 6% of the slates. I lost 94% of the time. 94% of slates I lost and I still made $35,000, right? Because that's normal. That's normal. You're gonna lose like ninety plus percent of the time, if you're if you're building right. If you're looking at like, oh, I wanna I wanna be able to to cash like sixty percent of the slates. Well, then play head to heads and double ups, right? If you if you could if you could uh, uh, win head to heads at a fifty eight percent rate, you're, you're profitable. So go do that, right? If you if you want if you if you want to if if the the thing is about you know, feeling like you're winning or whatever like that. No, the variance in this game is so high, you can play an entire MLB season, every slate for an entire MLB season as the best player in the world and lose and not profit on the entire season and never win first place. The sample size of what, 180, 200, 250 slates is still absurdly small. Okay, remember, it's like rolling a 5,000-sided die. You're just trying to make your odds so instead of getting 5,000 to one, you're getting 3,500 to one. And it'd be insanely profitable. But it doesn't mean that you're going to win all the time. You're going to lose most of the time. 
Oh, Slate Breaker says, no, no, the projections are a 50th percentile outcome. He's writing, I didn't know projections are a 15% outcome. No, 50th. 50th percentile. They're median projections or mean projections. Typically, the mean, for this purposes, median and mean are pretty close. So if you wanted to call them mean projections, like that, like Cardi would call these mean, because they're technically mean. They are mean projections. Because mean, because uh, these numbers can't be medians. So what's the difference? Like mean is an average. Median is just the center result. When 50% of the results are on one side, 50% of the results are on the other side, right? For outcomes. So if we simulated this slate a million times, whatever is in that, that 500,000th spot is the median outcome. A mean would be averaging all the numbers together. So you can tell the difference is obviously mean projections, like me, a median, like Corbin Burns cannot score 20.84 points. It's impossible with the scoring system, right? There's no such thing as a 0.01 or anything in, on DraftKings. So like these, these, these have to be mean projections, right? A median projection would be an, an actual median number of an actual score. So, but the the difference is Corbin Burns' mean projection is 20.85. His median projection may be 20.75 or 20.8, right? It's very close. Like, they're, they're going to be absurdly close the way the projections are made. So, whether or not they're called median or mean projections, I kind of use them interchangeably. Dvik asks, uh, struggling with getting access to those players with those upper percentile upside in MLB. Standard deviation doesn't work since distributions aren't normal. Since some are below their mean, eighty-five percent of the time, you could, you you don't have to focus so much. People overthink. I do it on the show all the time. You could use the median projections. Struggling to get access to those players with upper percentile upside in in MLB. All of them do. They all do. So it doesn't matter. Like what what did your 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 focus too much on the players MLB is one of the simplest DFS boards that it's, I wouldn't say it's the simplest DFS board, but it's the sim, it's the comparison between how you should play DFS and how people think they should play DFS is the, the widest gap possible. Like the simplest DFS board is like golf, right? There's no correlation. There's no nothing. Maybe I guess AM PM waves, I guess you could consider there's some amount of correlation MMA, but I mean, I would say golf only on a full field event, like 154 golfers. Like you could be, you could re- build any reasonable lineup in a half a second. Like we I mean, just like, okay, that looks good. I'll play it. That's fine. How much, how much do you really need to do? Baseball is close to that. Understand. Remember, I do not look at any statistics whatsoever in baseball. I'm looking to get access to those players with upper percentile. I, I don't, I could play, I could Give me, uh, if the Germany started a baseball league and it was all German players that I've never heard of, said, as long as you give me these numbers, I I don't need to know the players. I don't need to look at, uh, who has the best ISO? I have no clue. Who has the most home runs? I have no idea. Who has the best batting average? Like it matters. No no care in the world. You're worried too much about the players and not building lineups. You already have the numbers. The players do not matter anymore. Okay. When I build lineups here, here for for uh, uh here's uh let, let me reload this. Uh, hold on. Okay. So if you're gonna play a head-to-head, now obviously we don't have all the lineups out. I mean, this is we're using this based on what the current projected lineups are, right? 
because this early slate still has like three hours before. And you know, a lot of these teams aren't going to release lineups until like a half an hour before lock, right? For the early slate. So we may have some catchers to people get the day off, day after a night game type of thing, right? But let's say we want to play a head-to-head. I have the bat projections up, okay? So in a head-to-head, you want to play the highest 50th percentile lineup pretty much, right? Okay, so I'm going to put in two zeros just so I should run this, okay? So if I was playing head-to-heads today, assuming the lineups are the way they are, this is exactly the lineup that I would play. Burns, Javier, Smith, Abreu, Garcia, Moncada, Witt, Hilliard, Dozier, Jimenez. Done. Did I identify anything? I, I, I could know nothing about any of these players, but this is what the projections are. This is the high 113.13. It's the highest projected median lineup. So in a contest where your, your, your goal is to get a median outcome, which is a head to head, right? 55th percentile, right? In order to beat the rate against one person. That's the type of lineup that you should be playing. And as the field gets bigger, the more that you're going to veer away from the projection, the top, the highest projection, you're going to lower your projection so you could add relative value. So you could now have points that your opponents don't have because you're going to get paid more for them. And a head-to-head, I don't get paid. If I beat someone in a head-to-head by 100 points, I don't get anything extra, right? I don't get anything. In a triple-up, a 31-man triple-up with nine people pay, coming in ninth and coming in first, same exact thing. It doesn't matter. So if I win that by 50 points, if I come, what I don't get anything. So I should be building lineups for what? The 70th percentile or so for those contests. Playing large field GPPs, you're building lineups for 99th percentile. Not the outcomes, not, oh, I'm building. what's the chances that someone gets 33 points here and 20? No. Just that the ownership has to come down so that, You know, I could sacrifice 10 points in ownership and get like half the uh, 10 points in projection and get half the ownership. I'm gaining relative value. I'm gaining points that the field is not gaining. Once I have the players as numbers, what does it matter what any of the other stats are? It doesn't matter. They're all incorporated into the projections. Once you turn a name into a number, you don't need to worry about the sport anymore. You're just playing around with numbers. That's it. That's all it is. That's all DFS is. Dan1312. Hey, Blender. Took down the main GPP on FanDuel yesterday. Oh, great. Just wanted to drop by and say thank you for all your content and for your course. It's been hugely helpful. Oh, good. The main GPP. Oh, that was pretty good then. Well, that, that's, you know, that's five figures, right? That's 25,000, 30,000, something like that. I didn't, oh, I, no, I did play on FanDuel yesterday. Let's take a look. I'll bring it up on my phone. Let's see. All scores, history. Oh, I mean, I threw it. I did horribly. I, 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 I don't done FanDuel yesterday. So let's see. Is it the main GPP? Let me take a look. 30K to first. Oh, yeah, I see. I see the, I see the, yeah, there you go. I see the 233.9. I could probably put it on the screen. All right. Let, let me, let me, maybe, maybe put it on the screen. Let's see. Live. Where where do we go? Where, well, history. I, I don't I don't use FanDuel desktop often at, at all. Let's see. So where can we find? Yeah, I, I didn't I did not do well yesterday. Did better on DraftKings, but not much better. 
let's take a look. Mr. Scorpion, 30,000, right? I would assume you had the, 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 the Blue Jays, right? There you go. Blue Jay, Blue Jay, Blue Jay. Three Blue Jays. One, two, three. And uh, two, two. Wong, Urias. So three, three. Yeah, Milwaukee and then Xander Bogarts. Yeah, that's fine. Spencer Strider. That fit in. This works. Easy peasy, right? And you look at the, the ownership percentages. It's like, look, Luis Urias, 2.7%. Colton Wog, 3%. Like the Brewers were barely owned. I mean, the, the, the Blue Jays kind of were, right? It was a large slate, right? But this is all you needed, right? I mean, like a 15% owned pitcher, which is on FanDuel, you know, decently owned. There you go. Here's my best lineup. You know, that, 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 that didn't work out very well. Have uh, Red Sox plus uh, plus Dodgers. No, that didn't work out. Uh, yeah, so there you go, right? How much leverage did, did you need on a 13-game slate? I mean, just, right, the Brewers, that's it. I mean, when you, when you get 3%, 2%, and you're getting all these points, especially on a, on a slate that didn't have that much scoring on it, and you have Springer in your, your Blue Jays stacked, you're good. You're done. There you go. Easy. Well, congratulations. 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 Okay. Slate Breaker says, is there ever a time when you're allowed intuition to come into play? Intuition of what? Slate Breaker. I don't even understand the question. Intuition of what? I have intuition of strategies, but intuition of what? As far as sports are concerned? There'd be no purpose in having sports intuition. I already have the numbers. Why the hell would I want to introduce bias? Like if you feel a certain player will go off. Well, that then feel what would what would lead me to that? It would already be it would already be in the number. It would be in the number. Like I don't even understand. I don't even understand the. Co- I I under I understand exactly what you're saying. It's just that uh, good players don't. You, you, there's no such thing as you feel like a certain player. What would make you feel that way? Right. It would have to be in the numbers, right? You would look at something and go, oh, this guy hits lefties and this thing happens at on, on Tuesdays and the whatever. And then when the moon is out and, and and this ballpark, this pitcher throws sliders, like anything that you could quantify like that is already in the projections. So there's no, what, it, the whole point is to not have bias. You'd never want to introduce bias. The whole point is to let the field have bias. Right, when the field has bias, you take advantage of them because they have a field. I have a projection model. It doesn't feel anything. So you want to take advantage of the field's bias. You don't want to use your own bias. So no, I never have a feel of anything. The only thing you could have a fit into it, I use my intuition when it comes to ownership. Because... Based on what I see around the industry, I alter ownership numbers because I could predict other people's biases better than than uh, an algorithm can sometimes. So I may adjust. So I may like like on this slate. I'm I'm giving you a complete example, right? It could be that like oh we have Javier at forty nine percent and Burns at forty eight percent, and I'm like. Uh, I think birds is going to be more than that. I think birds is going to be more like 60%. Like, I don't, I don't have any reason to think that, but I'm just saying it would be one of those things where 
throughout the course of the day, I've seen on Twitter, I've seen around, I've seen people talk, I've read articles, right? I've I've read cheeses, million dollar musings or whatever. And I can see based on the construction, I think people trust Burns. They don't necessarily trust Javier as well. I, I'm like I said, I'm making this example up. So I'd be like, okay, I think I think Javier is going to be more like forty percent, and Burns is going to be sixty percent, right? Even though probably, probably it's close to do something like that. That would be intuition, but not intuition on whether or not like Burns is going to have ten strikeouts. I have no idea about that. I may look at this and go, like, I don't think Zach Gallon's going to be 23% owned. I think he's going to be 15% owned, right? Like I said, this is an example. I don't know this because I literally i am waking up and looking at the slate right now. It'll be that type of thing. Like in football, NFL is easy to do that because you have, like, the whole week. So by, by Saturday, you know, our ownership projections say that this guy's going to be 12% owned, some wide receiver or something. And then I, I, I know... From Thursday and Friday, like and like half the time, I, I I see I see a show, I listen to something, I hear that wide receiver being like, like oh, this is going to be the play, right? And they're playing against the chalk team, and it's a run back or something. So I'm like, I don't think I think it's going to be much more than twelve percent. That thirty percent, no, but maybe eighteen percent, not twelve percent, but maybe eighteen percent. So I will use my intuition when it comes to that but not whether or not something happens in a sports game. I've, that's why, that's why you have the numbers. Once you're going to use, if you're going to use your intuition that I feel something's going to happen in a sports game, you might as well just not use projections at all. Cause then now you're just using bias. Like the Joe Schmo that builds his lineups on the toilet seat. So it's like, well, how do you build the lineups? Well, I mean, I showed this every day. Like if this, I know we're going to start getting uh, like confirmed lineups in, so this is obviously going to change because, I mean, some of these games are until 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and they ain't going to post their lineups for another hour or two. But let's say I'm, bu- let's say I'm building a, a, uh, a, a three-map. Let, let's do three maps. It's a thousand-person field three maps or something like that, okay? So what would I do? I'll show you. I mean, I'll show you the exact – I mean, I do this all the time, and people just don't do it. And I, that, I guess that's where my edge comes from. I trust the model. I build I – build, lineups and then I play them then over the long run I make money okay so I take a look at this okay the, f- the first thing that I'm going to do right let's say I'm building for you know whatever three max 700 man entry or who knows this is DraftKings okay so what's the cat based on the back projections what, what's like the cash lineup right I take a look at this like what's the cash lineup? what what's the more optimal lineup for median meeting outcomes okay Burns Javier Smith Abreu, Garcia, so basically the White Sox. Eloy, Anderson, Garcia, Abreu, probably Grandal's in there if he's in the lineup. Do we have him even projected in the lineup? No, we have Reese McGuire in there. Probably gets the day off, right? So I see I see White Sox. So the White Sox probably chalky. Okay, Will Smith, I take a look at some of the team totals. Right, Coors is going to be chalk, obviously. The Dodgers have a high team total. Milwaukee is decent over there. They may be a little under-owned. And, of course, Burns and Javier. Okay? So now, how how can I build a lineup? This is 113.39, but 228 percentage points in ownership. So I want I want to build a lineup, but I, I don't want to share the same players as 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 other people in the contest. So I'm going to I'm going to run I'm going to run 20 20 optimals. Okay? 49k doesn't matter. 
So if people are using the back projections, most likely to hear the top 20 lineups. Doesn't matter if they're, they're, they're not correlated or anything like that. They just see the players. I go, okay, Javier, Burns, Jimenez, Garcia, Will Smith, Chris Bryant, Michael Taylor, Tim Anderson, Emmanuel Rivera. So probably the Royals also a little. Abreu, and then we get a bunch of a little, you know. So it's like, I, I, I want to avoid these combinations. Okay? So out of these top, like maybe out of, up to maybe Rivera, maybe even Abreu. So obviously if I group out like up to right to Abreu, I'm going to get less White Sox stats. Okay, so I'm going to gr- I'm going to uh, let me just group the whole thing. Let's see if we can make let's see if we can do it. We may have to do a max too, but let's 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 see if I can group the whole thing out. Okay, so Javier, so we're going to make a group Javier Javier Burns Javier Burns uh, what we got the White Sox. We look here. So Abreu next to me. Abreu Garcia Anderson Eloy Eloy Rivera Michael Taylor. Where's Michael Taylor? There you go. Michael A. Taylor Rivera Taylor Will Smith a catcher. Who else do we got? Shows up in a lot of lineups. Is that it? Bryant. Okay, we got Chris Bryant also. Okay. He may get the day off. Like I said, this is based on projected lineups currently. So why am I doing this? I'm grouping out. Right? I wouldn't necessarily do this for large field GPPs, but for small field, definitely. Okay, so these these players are going to show up very similar in similar lineups to each other. So if I group and I go max, let's say I do max two, which means if I play a Burns-Javier lineup, which is the chalk pitcher combination, I basically don't want to have a White Sox stack in there, right? I don't want to have any of these other players in there. If I'm playing uh, a White Sox stack, I I don't want to have the five most used White Sox. So it's like I have all of the most used players by using these projections grouped out to a max of two. So I could play Eloy and Abreu in a lineup, but just not with Tim Anderson and Lurie Garcia. So I'm going to get something like, you know, Andrew Vaughn or or Pollock or whoever is in the lineup. Whoever, I don't know, who else is in the lineup? Gavin Sheets, Adam Engel, Moncada, something like that. A less used combination. Okay, so I grouped it out by two. Okay, so I don't want to have, because I'm playing small field GPP, so the, the chalk is going to be a little bit more condensed, which is going to be on these types of players. Large field GPP, you could get away because you could end up with a 2% owned three-man or something. I'm not going to be playing those types of lineups in these contests, right? If you're, if you're, play, if you're playing large field, it opens up the, the, the possibility of playing like, a, a, I'm going to play a, 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 a bottom of the order twin stack against Corbin Burns. Because when you win with that, you get fifty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars. These contests, you know, you're paying you're paying twenty bucks, and in first place is like two grand or something. Like you don't need you only need to beat like seven hundred lineups. You don't need to beat thirty thousand lineups. So I'm probably not going to be playing that low of a projected lineup. So you see here, okay, one thirteen point three nine. So now let's run. Even with number of unique players one, let's even do that. Let's run some stacks 
Okay, let's run some five threes. I'm just gonna run ten of them. Let's see what we get. That once we group out like that, what what five three lineups do we get? And don't share as many of the combinations with the field. Okay. So here we go. Here we we still get a core stack type of lineup. That's the first one. Gallon with Javier. Then we have a White Sox stack with that is McGuire, Mankata, Anderson, Engel, Vaughn, with Connor, Joe, Crone, and Rogers. It's still a, it's still a course field stack. But you see here, compared to this lineup over here, it's actually dramatically different, even though it still has White Sox in it. Here's a Royals plus Dodgers. Okay, so now I'm just going to look at the ownership that we currently have here. So 184, 189. So we want to get rid of the ones. Here's 168. This is not that bad of a lineup. Projection starts going down, though. All right, so 184 here to 168. We're dropping about two fantasy points, two median points. Anything underneath here? 190, 178, 149. So we get rid of the ones two in between it. 149, 149.22, 135. Now we're getting down to very low projected line. Lower projected lineups. So let's cut it off right there because we only built 10. You could do this with 50. You could do this with 20. Delete all the lineups below. So it's like, okay. Remember, because we're playing, this is for like smaller field, or at least smaller midfield, under 1,000 entries. It's like, okay, I could play a course field lineup and it's still going to be fairly different from, I mean, take a look at this lineup compared to what the, the cash game lineup would be. Like, you're not playing Eloy. You're not playing Garcia. You're not playing Abreu, right? I mean, like, yes, you are playing uh, Anderson. Shortstop is probably a weak position today. So the White Sox could still put up 10 runs, and we get the right players that less of the field has, less of the combinations, you win. That's fine. And you're not playing that Burns and Javier together. That's perfectly fine. Here's one. Here's with the Brewers. Right, this isn't that bad. Right, let's get rid of this one. Right, this one has Moncada Vaughn. This one has Eloy in it. Has Javier. Has some Brewers in it. Tyrone Taylor batting ninth. So maybe, maybe out of the three that we're that we're gonna we're gonna play. Like I said, I don't know if these are gonna be the actual lineups that I play, uh, because uh, we don't we don't we don't we don't have the starting lineups. I mean, this this could change, right? Once once lineups come in and it's like, oh, Brendan Rodgers isn't in. Okay, this guy's in. Oh, Sam Hilliard is leading off. Oh, so that projection is going to move. You know, it's going to it's going to do a lot of stuff. Uh, Defic, what's the difference between the Blade IQ and the Bad X projection sets? The Bad X uh, projection set uh, set that Cardi has like two hundred additional variables. Blade IQ projections are fine. They don't they don't include a lot of the stuff that uh, that Cardi puts in. Uh, the most important part about projection sets, okay? The most important part. See, we even got here. Look, the Rockies lineup comes in. Blackman, Hampson, Brian, Crone, Rogers, Iglesias, McMahon, Iglesias in. Diaz is in. Dodds is in, right? So, yeah, this is all going to change, right? Crone even? Yeah, Crone's in. Connor Joe, yeah, no Connor Joe, even though we have him in. Uh, the most important thing about projections, okay? Gather around. Most important thing about projections. Because people ask me, 
Uh, what's the difference between this projection and that projection? It's like, you know what the difference between both projection sets are? They're both better than what you can do. Okay? That's the more important thing. Said, oh, do I need to get the bat? No, you could use the plate IQ projections. Said, but I, but it, I, but you use the bat. I know I use all the projections. I use all of them. I aggregate everything together. I think the bat projections are. Uh, I trust the process of the bat projections the most. But the plate IQ, if I did my own projection model, I probably still couldn't even beat the plate IQ projections. Right. So what? Why am I bothering to doing it myself? The ac- the accuracy difference between the bat x the bat x projections and the plate IQ projections are about this. Okay, you see it on the screen. Barely, barely anything. Don't worry about it. People are wor- people worry too much about things that do not matter. Okay, so I'm going to choose this lineup. We're playing three lineups. Of course, Connor Joe isn't in the. <laughs> We're going to get the update, the battle update in about 15 minutes or something like that. So remember, this is an example. We're going through this as an example process. So I'm going to save this lineup. Okay. So we choose, I just chose one lineup. Okay, here we got a lineup. Doesn't look like this, right? Okay. So now you think to yourself, okay, and now I want a second lineup. It's like, well, now, now it comes down to what do you want to do? Do you want to play, do you want to play a White Sox stack? Right? Now you're thinking about exposures. Now you think about risk management. You're playing three lineups. You could play three White Sox stacks if you want. You could play no White Sox stacks if you want. You could do whatever the hell you want, as long as the ownership versus the projection is worth playing for the contest that you're playing. But I'm going to say, no, nah, I'm going to say, I'm going to X out Anderson. I mean, like, okay, he's going to be used a lot, right? I'm going to X out Anderson. Uh, Maybe you're just Xing out Anderson. Let's see what let's see what shows up. Right? Who else? Who else is going to be owned? Right? Because a lot Anderson is going to be very popular at shortstop. So now that I X out Anderson, I go back to my group to make sure that it's it's active. Right? There, get rid of Anderson. Now build ten more five three lineups. I could look at five two lineups if I wanted. I could look at four three lineups. I'm just using five three in as a example. Okay, so now we get the, oh, this is the Rocky stack. Okay, the, the other side. So now I'm going to cut out. I'm going to go, okay, 159, 107, 164. That's too high. 185 is too high. Let's see, anything under 159? 159. Anything, 159. 158, but we go, look, look how much projection we drop, right? Because I'm only building 10 lineups. So it's going to show like that. Okay, so we're getting this lineup. Keller, Javier. The Royals, who are the Royals playing? Just wanna do, do, do. where are the Royals? Royals are playing the Angels. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Against Jason Jansen Junk. So now here's a lineup. Engel, Vaughn, Moncada. Okay, do it. If I look at my saved lineups, it's like, do I wanna do I do I wanna play do out of my three lineups? Do I want Adam Engel in, in two of them? Probably not. Right? Let's get rid of Connor Joe because he's technically not even in the lineup. Okay, I don't mind Andrew Vaughn. Do I do I mind two Andrew Vaughn lineups? Do I mind two Moncada lineups? Do I mind two Rogers lineups? Maybe Reese McGuire. I don't want to have Reese McGuire more than once. All right, this is just personal opinion. This is all risk management. Whatever, whatever it is. So I'm just xing them out. Right, making sure that my group is still intact so I don't have popular combinations. 
And now let me run. Let me run five threes. So I got rid of those. So remember, I'm just trying to build three lineups <clears throat> for a three max, you know, under a thousand entry type of contest. Okay, so we're still getting we're still getting cores, right? Gallon, Javier. Okay, this is one sixty six ownership at one oh one oh six. Let's see if we could beat that in the first ten lineups. No, no, these are all still higher on than that top lineup. Well, that wasn't, but I skipped it anyway. Delete all lineups below. Okay, so how about this? Diaz, Crone, Rogers, Glacius, Hilliard, Moncada, Sheets, Vaughn. Do I want Vaughn? Uh, maybe I don't even want Vaughn. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a lot of, I'm, I'm going to get a lot of Rockies if I keep on doing this. So maybe I do. Okay, let's. I'll take this also. Forty-nine eight lineup. Give it to me. Okay, so now I have two save lineups. They're both cores lineups, and they both have combinations of players that, even though cores is chalky, that are uh, they're not as used, right? Because Burns isn't even in any either of these lineups, right? We don't have a Abreu in either lineup. Don't have Garcia. The, you know, Eloy's only in. Is Eloy even in one? No, Eloy's not even in one. Right? Okay. So now my third lineup, okay, I don't, maybe I don't want Zach Gallen in all three of my lineups. Maybe I don't want, I don't want, I don't want Crone. I don't want anyone other than Javier. I don't mind Javier in three of my lineups, but like get rid of all these others for risk management purposes. I don't have the same players in all three lineups. Go back to player groups, make sure, okay, we're all good there. We're still max two. Now I built 10 more, uh, 10 more lineups. Let's see what shows up. Remember, these lineups are for smaller field contests. I don't have to sacrifice that much projection. Okay, here we go. Here's a Dodgers-Royals lineup. 211. That seems pretty high up. That's that's very high. 211, let's 184, 192, 181, 185, 171. Okay, these, these lineups are a little too low projected. For my purposes. Okay. 100. Okay, let's take a look at what we currently have in our save lineups. So I have a lineup at 109 projection with 184 ownership. 106 projection at 166. We kind of have to beat that 166. Right? I want a lineup that's underneath this. So 166. I'm going to go in because I don't think any of these lineups do that. Any of these lineups under 166? No. So I'm going to go and I'm going to force that in. I want to max total lineup ownership 166. Let's see what we could have. we could we could see here. Let's see what comes up. If you see here, I'm not picking players. I'm not like, oh, this guy has a good what? No, I'm just I'm using the numbers that the projections are. Okay, here we go. Here 155 at 105. Okay, this this is fine. Okay, let's take a look. 155, 160, 132. Okay, now we're dropping way, way in projection. So I'm only building 10. If you built more lineups, you'd get more, you know, building 20, building 50, you get you'd get more to choose from. But here's a lineup right here. I don't mind this. Can you even pull okay? Yeah, the Astros are in here. So what's wrong with this lineup? It's a Brewers Royals lineup with Javier and Keller. 155 ownership, 105 projection. We go here. That 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 right. It's underneath. I'm I'm getting the appropriate amount of ownership drop for the for the projection drop. 
If you want to play these three lineups, there, done. You're done. You're done. There you go. Made three lineups. How hard was that? How do I find the players that are... I didn't find anything. I just, just used the numbers. Once you build one lineup, it's like, now it's a matter of, okay, what's your second lineup look like? And based on your first lineup, then you have to consider from a risk management perspective only of, like, do I want to have Adam Engel in three of my lineups? No. And now ex expand this out. Let's say you're building five lineups. Let's say you're building 10 lineups. You do the same exact thing. Now imagine you're building 150 lineups. Like this process would take you God knows how long. So now you'd, you'd be speeding it up by putting in exposure numbers like that. But ultimately, this is what you're doing. You can get different lineups than me. I mean, I could, I could erase this. Right, I can get rid of this completely. Delete where 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 we go. A clear saved lineups. Right, I could delete all these builds. I could get rid of all this type of stuff. Let's say I wanted more lineups that are like that that last lineup. Right, so I have the one sixty six in here. Right, I wanted lineups that are like that lineup. I could even get rid of. I could put back all the players. I could even not even have this group. I take off that group. But now that I have that 166, let's see, let's see what five threes show up. Because maybe I do get a combination of some of the people that are more commonly combined. Or maybe I don't. Because owners, the ownership cap will force that away. So here we go. Keller Gallon, right? It's basically taking off the pitcher ownership. Abreu, Moncada, Anderson, Engel, Jimenez, Diaz, Rogers, Bryant. We have 149 ownership, 108 projection. So you get a bunch of these. But of course, you get a, you're gonna get a lot, you're gonna get a lot of Rockies. Yeah, it's a nationals down here. Of course, I'm only building 10. So I'm really only looking at maybe the first top three lineups. So now let's say I enabled the group. I don't want and no more than two of these commonly combined players. Let's say I build lineups now. I'm gonna go to the I'm gonna get rid of anything but the top line. Right. So the top lineup there, top lineup when I group everything out is this second one, which is not that much different. Basically, you just don't have a Brayu in here and you have Crone. Then let's say you even put it down to one, player groups one. One. There you go. So no more than one of those. You're still getting a lot of cores, right? Because it's the, the highest project. I mean, look, it's, a, it's almost a 12 total, right? You're pretty much, you're getting kind of the similar lineups, right? If you sort that out by here, 149, 150, around the same level. Around 150 percentage points in ownership for like 107, 108 points in projection. So if you built lineups around there, you're probably good. No matter what teams you're, you're playing or whatever, you, if you're somewhere in this range, you're probably fine. For a three max contest with a thousand entries or less. And you could just say, you could, if you if you want, you could say, uh, I don't feel like playing LAS Diaz. Okay, then don't and see what line. You could probably build a lineup without him that still fits that that range. If you, did, if you had some intuition that Elias Diaz is going to have a horrible game today. Right, or let's say you have an, an you have an intuition that Sam Hilliard's hitting a home run. Okay, then build a lineup with Sam Hilliard. 
As long as it fits the parameters, that's that's no problem. <sighs> Injustice 360, if you use every projections, why not pay their projections? Because I, I use projections that most people use. There's a reason for that, because I'm trying to build lineups that other people are going to use, so I don't build them. That's the point. Understand that most of my game involves around exploiting what other people do. I don't care. I, the accuracy of the projections almost doesn't even matter to me, as long as that's what everyone's using. <laughs> right? I mean, the projections are going to be, uh, projection sets around the industry are very good. But it's more important to me to use the same projections as other people. Because how would I how would I know that these this combination of players are going to be there? Because I know people use the bat projections. And I can go around the industry and I know I also know what players play which projections and what, how, they, how they aggregate them together. So then I can run them and go, okay, you're going to see a lot of these combinations. Let me not play those combinations. So if you don't have if if you're using projections from something that only 10 people use. Like it doesn't make that much of an effect on the appeal. Any projection set is better than me making it on my own. It doesn't matter. Why are people focused on things that don't matter? 99% of the things that you do in MLB DFS, most people do, do not matter at all. Will not contribute or do anything. Because you're not, you're doing everything else other than focusing on the most important things. <clears throat> Building a lineup that has the proper amount of projection and ownership for the contest that it's in. That's it. That's it. You're done. Anything else you're doing is a waste of time. If you, oh, well, what happens if I disagree with the projection? Then change the number then. I don't care. Make up the numbers. Make up the numbers anyway. Go through, go say, I don't, I don't, I don't have projections. And just assign numbers to people. I'm going to put Brad Keller at 12. Okay, that's fine. May not be accurate long term, but it's a number. I think Cole Irvin's going to do great today. I'm putting him at 18. Okay, great. You understand you're going to get a lot of them now because everyone else hasn't projected median of 12 or 13. But if you want to make him 18, go, go for it. Have fun. I don't care. That's perfectly fine. If you want to do that, do it. I go here now. Javi is having a bad game. I'm putting 12. Corbin, I'm putting at 34. Uh, Zach Allen, we got 34 meeting, right? Whatever. Zach Allen, horrible, six, right? John Gray, ah, I think he's going to do decently well today. Keller, always does bad for me, eight. Uh, Heaney, Heaney, never get Heaney right, seven, right? Logan Webb, okay, Logan Webb, I think I think maybe he has a good game against the Arizona, 24. Uh, Jansen Junk, never heard of him, right? Never heard him. Give him a two, right? He gets blown up. Cole Irvin, I'm putting it 18 against Houston for no apparent reason. Uh, Marco Gonzalez sucks. Give him a 12. Like, you could do this. Are these, not, are these are these representative of anything, like, statistical-based? No. They're your intuition. But at least they're a number now. And once they're a number, then you can start ma then making lineups. The same way that you, I, I just, we're making lineups. Still fine. They're horribly inaccurate projections, but they're, they're numbers. So no matter what the numbers are, make them into numbers. That's it. I would suggest that you have some some process that you could back test and see how accurate your numbers are. But if you don't, then you just say, I'm just going to sign random. I'm going to go to random.org and sign random numbers. That's fine.
Devin is Devin's in the chat. My favorite thing lately on big slates is to set a minimum percentage of 15 or so on low on pitching options, group them all and a min of one max of two. And it forces a low owned starting pitcher in all my lineups. Yeah. You can that the, the way that you could hack together lineup HQ to do those types of things are multiple. Like what I did with the player groups, the common play, you don't have to do the ownership cap. Like, like Devin, uh, forcing a, a, a low on starting pitcher, like could end up just being by setting a, a ownership cap. It'll happen naturally. Or you can not use that and do a group with it. I mean, like the tools are here. Use them whichever way you want to use them. We're, we're essentially doing the same exact thing. You're doing it a little bit more like, I want to make sure to get a different, but like I, I let, I let the option open that I could get Burns and Javier in a lineup. But in order to that to happen, I need to have a non-White Sox stack. And apparently those lineups don't project as well. Because I wasn't getting, if we saw, we ran through, I wasn't getting Burns, Javier, Royals lineups. It was just giving me another starting pitcher. And then still giving me cores players. Even with the ownership cap. Even with the group. So like, if Devin makes the, makes a group that does that with the starting pitcher, he may still end up getting Gallon and Keller and whoever I was getting also. End up with similar similar point anyway. Oh. But I just leave open the possibility that Burns and Javier could still appear in lineups. Turns out they really didn't appear in lineups if you want to drop the ownership enough. That there was enough starting pitching options that it still made more sense to play cores and a different pitcher. Uh, yeah, you could use the tool any way you want. Use it any way that you want it. But once you combine, once you convert everything into a number, you don't have to worry about the sport anymore. Now you're just building, you're building with the numbers better than other people. Other people are going, it's Wednesday. That means so-and-so hits a home run because for whatever reason, right? Some bias and you're taking advantage of them. In the long run, in the long run. Remember, remember I ran from the earlier in the day. 90% of the time you'll lose. You're hoping that the 10% of the time you win, that you win a lot. Not the 10% of the time you win, you win 1.5x or 2x. You're winning 10x, 20x, 100x, 5,000x, something like that. Then you could use a tool like Lineup HQ to research and build line. Look, I was I built three lineups. I did everything in Lineup HQ. People say, oh, I only built one lineup. I, why do I need? Why do I need an optimizer? Why do I need a lineup builder? I only built three lineups. I just showed you. I built, I I choose my, this, this is how I build. People, I still, I still, I'll still get questions. Can you really, can you go through your process of how you built, like, build? it's like, dude, I do this all the time. On the show. Just go back and watch. And I'll go, oh yeah, I watched. Is that, 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 I'm assuming you do something much, much more advanced. You know, no, what more advanced could there possibly be? Especially baseball, right? Football, there's a lot more. Uh, do I, the, the runbacks and the, the correlations and intercorrelate. There's a lot more here. It's just, Jesus, it's baseball. The variance is high enough as it is. Throw some, throw some crap against the wall and hope it sticks, right? And over the course of 200 slates, hopefully you're profitable. But what ends up happening is that people build lineups that don't fit the contest that they're playing. They're playing lineups that are either way too chalky or way too low projected. You want that nice balance. 
Or you're playing lineups that, are, that look too similar to other lineups. Like, yeah, you're playing a White Sox stack, and you're playing the two chalk pitchers, and then you're playing some 1% owned guy from some team. Just hope that, oh, I hope that 1% owned guy has three home runs, because if he doesn't, there's no, I, don't know how, I don't know how I beat the other 20% of lineups that look exactly like mine. You'd rather, you'd rather be a 4v4, a 5v5 over that type of stuff. So that's what that's the mistakes that people make. So you're taking advantage of that. And you could use a tool like Lineup HQ to, to work out your lineups to do so. Sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium. You'll get the full access to this, right? The plate IQ projections, all the Lineup HQ tools. For NFL, get the combo package. You also get access to the Discord, Premium Discord. I'm, all, I'm in there all the time. Blender's Game Theory channel. I do coaching calls, private coaching calls, two, three, four times a month, something like that, depending on the month. So join Roto Grinders Premium. I do the MMA stuff. Not this week, though. I'm going to weigh this weekend so that there's a pay-per-view card coming up, a Nunez Pena card. So I will I will not be doing that. But uh, Mike Brown and Liam, they'll be taking care of you for that. Behind the paywall. So click on that link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. And give me those thumbs thumbs on your way out the door. Now, obviously, I'm not going to have Connor Joe in my lineups tonight. Uh, today or whatever, two o'clock. I am playing. I'm playing a 10, 210 or whatever, whatever it is. But uh, we don't. We don't have all the lineups in. So once most of the lineups come in, are we going to get? Uh, are we going to get the Diamondbacks lineup and the Giant? Uh, we should have everything in by two. Right, an hour and a half before game time, we should. And then I'll build lineups like like that. Because I mean, some of these, it's hard to do anything other than uh than uh than a walkthrough this early, right? Like especially if it was a regular slate, like a seven o'clock slate, like. I can't tell you th- these are the exact lineups that I'm playing because projected lineups change. Right? We had Hampson yesterday, projected to bat ninth, and they ended up batting second. So that changed everything. Not everything, but his projection goes a lot up when he's 2,100 point per dollar wise. But I like showing. Here's the process. It, does this seem that complicated? No. Get projections, build the lineups, throw them in. There you go. You're done. I mean, how long should this take? I'm not. I'm not sorting through stats all right i'm not looking at well what's the umpire look like it's anything like that is already in the number it's already in the projection i'd only be double counting it. anything that's worthwhile that has predictive power would be factored into these projections there's no point with me doing extra work when i don't need to right you know the only extra work you should be doing is hitting that thumbs up button helps us out hit the subscribe button if you're new here hit the notification bell to know when we go live we got grinders live later today They'll be going over the five-game later slate. The main, they're calling it the main slate, but I don't know. This almost seems like I'd rather the seven-game slate is the main slate to me. Uh, and then they'll have crunch time. You look at the weather. Is there? Uh, do we even have to worry about the weather today? I don't think so. Right? Green, yellow, yellow, green. Baltimore maybe tonight. I don't know. Seems pretty good. Don't have to worry about weather. I don't think so. But Roth will be there. Breaking it all down. Leading you up until lock. And then I'll be back. I'll be back with you tomorrow. To, to either review that or talk about whatever the hell's going on in baseball tomorrow. I don't know. There are going to be slates tomorrow. Baseball, baseball, baseball. And we're getting to the point where I'm kind of getting ready for football. Kind of, kind of, kind of looking forward to not just baseball every day, right? And soccer's coming back. Ah, actually, yeah, in, a, in a two weeks, week and a half, EPL is back. Okay, that gives me something else. Gives gives me a Saturday for of something else with with MMA. So that isn't that bad. So, okay, I have, some, I have something to look forward to. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow.
answering your DFS strategy questions, like I always do, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. 